Hello and welcome back to Quick Shanti, the place where we digest timeless wisdom one bite at a time. Today we're going to be talking about the Tao, Taoism, where it comes from, what it's all about, and some of the key principles that fall within this philosophy. But first, let's settle in with a little bit of awareness. Go ahead and soften your gaze or shut down your eyes. Release any tension from your shoulders, bringing them down and away from your ears. Relax your jaw, relax your hands. And together, let's take a nice deep inhale through the nose. Hold for just a second and a big open mouth exhale. Full release. All right, let's dive into it. So today we're going to start really simply. What is the Tao? Now the Tao translates as the way or the path. But here let's consider it to be the creative force that flows through all things and brings them into being. It's the source of everything in the universe, the way of natural order. Taoists believe that the Tao, or the natural way, the force of the universe, is a self-regulating and self-organizing order. The Tao operates according to its own inherent principles and rhythms, and it is not something that can be controlled or manipulated by human beings. Taoists believe that by aligning oneself with the Tao and following its natural flow, one can achieve harmony, balance, and peace This involves acting in a way that is natural and spontaneous rather than trying to impose one's own will or control over situations. But asking what is the Tao is sort of a trick question because you can't really put it into words. It's beyond human understanding, beyond language, beyond thought. The only way to really understand it is to experience it directly by living in harmony with nature. It's just something you got to feel in your bones, you know? The earliest Taoist texts were written around 6th century BCE by a philosopher named Lao Tzu. Now, Lao Tzu's most famous work is something I'm sure you've at least heard of called the Tao Te Ching. Now, the Tao Te Ching is a poetic meditation on the nature of the Tao, the nature of the way. It's written in a very simple style. The text is comprised of 81 short chapters that offer advice and wisdom on how to live in harmony with the Tao. In the very beginning of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu writes this, The Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The nameless is the beginning of heaven and earth. Here, Lao Tzu is declaring a fundamental truth of Taoism, which is this. There is something greater and more foundational than what we see in the world around us. This fundamental thing, the Tao, the force behind everything, it's beyond our understanding and can't be contained or limited by names or descriptions. For this same reason, it's also very difficult to explain your way into harmony with the Tao, right? Because direct experience is really the only channel through which the Tao can be understood. It's not like baking a cake where you have a recipe and if you do steps one, two, three, and four, then you'll have this product at the end. It's just not like that. (laughs) Now, Alan Watts, he speaks about the Tao very frequently, um, and he gives a wonderful example of this. 
he uses the example of uh, Louis Armstrong in an interview. So Louis Armstrong was asked, what is jazz? And Louis Armstrong responded, if you have to ask, you don't know. So to Louis Armstrong, who some consider to be the best jazz musician of all time, he understands that jazz is so much more than several words string together. He wouldn't dare to define it because he knows the essence of jazz is beyond those limits. And in this same way, so is the Tao. It just cannot be limited by language. Now, I want to clarify that Taoism is not a religion in the traditional sense. Rather, it's a way of living that can be applied to all aspects of life. Taoism encourages us to let go of our attachments and desires, to embrace the ebb and flow of life, and to find joy in the simple things. Now, in the West, we're really familiar with Abrahamic religions, Islam, Christianity, Judaism. These religious traditions share a common belief in a single deity and a set of dogmas and doctrines that define their faith. Now, when we contemplate the Tao, it's important that we don't approach it with the same lens that we approach God in the Abrahamic context in Western religions. In the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu writes this about the Tao. The great Tao is universal like a flood. All creatures depend on it, and it denies nothing to anyone. It does its work, but it makes no claims for itself. It clothes and feeds all, but it does not lord it over them. It does not lord it over them. It does not lord it over them. I want to scream that line from the mountaintops. In other words, what Lao Tzu is saying here is that the Tao isn't some big character, some big show-off strutting around like, I made you, I made this earth, I punish those who disobey me and reward those who are obedient, I'm your creator, I'm your Lord, worship me. No, that's not it at all. Although this does sound a little familiar, right? It's giving some Old Testament vibes. And I don't mean to like mock or offend any Old Testament lovers out there. My point here is to show the contrast and how the Tao is perceived and how um, Western minds perceive the idea of God with a capital G. And this isn't even completely about West versus East, right? Like there are um, Hindu ideas of gods and goddesses and avatars and things like that. Um, that are also very different from how the Tao is perceived. The point that I'm making here is that the Tao is different from other traditional conceptions of God. It's not authoritative and it's not personified. So as Lao Tzu explains, the Tao is everywhere. It nourishes all things, but it does not use this power or force to dominate. When bad things happen... It's not because the Tao is mad. And when good things are accomplished, it doesn't mean that the Tao is going to stick around and try to take credit for it in some way. The Tao is not this authoritative ruler. Now, my upbringing was Catholic, Catholic community, Catholic school. So I'm really familiar with Catholicism and Christianity. Um, And in both of these sects, God is Lord. Lord God, Lord Jesus. There are countless songs and psalms and passages that use Lord to describe the force that we call God. In some religious traditions, we use this label of Lord, King, Ruler, to personify that ultimate nature of reality, to personify the source of all that exists. But in the Taoist philosophy, this force is perceived differently. 
As Lao Tzu explains, the Tao cannot be personified or labeled or even imagined, really, in human terms. It cannot be contained in a character, in a word, or in a rule book. It's just way too big for that. So here's the thing about the Tao. It's not some distant force that's out there, separate from us or separate from nature. Coming back to that translation of the Tao, remember, the Tao means the way. So let's think of the Tao as the way that everything behaves in the world around us, like the ultimate flow of things. Think of a river, right? The Tao is not the water that flows through the river. The Tao is the flow of the water in the river. It's the force that is carrying the river. There are so many water analogies in this, by the way. This is just a quick aside. So many water analogies. I'm not backing off anytime soon. This is just a little bit of a warning. So just flow with me. (laughs) So again, the Tao is not seen as a person or a deity with a will of its own. Rather, the Tao is the natural way. It is the order of the universe. It is a force that underlies all of existence. It is this underlying principle that governs and regulates all things in the universe. So let's focus on planet Earth for a second. All right, we'll zoom in to our our home. (laughs) So planet Earth is like a system where everything works together through the force of the Tao. Essentially, In the world, on our planet, everything is connected and interdependent, forming a system of interrelated components. Now, none of these components can survive without each other, as they all rely on each other to function properly. Again, Alan Watts gives a great example of this. He looks at the bees and the flowers. You won't find one without the other, because they're actually inseparable and need each other to survive. No flowers, no bees. No bees, no flowers. Many plants rely on specific pollinators for reproduction. And in turn, these pollinators rely on the nectar and pollen from these plants as a source of food. This is interdependence. This interdependence is even evident in things that might not seem harmonious, like predator and prey. Let's look at the lion and the zebra. They might seem like enemies, but the lion and the zebra are actually part of a very delicate ecological balance. If one disappears, it can have a ripple effect through the entire ecosystem. This, again, is interdependence, also interconnectedness, what Thich Nhat Hanh calls interbeing. And this brings me to another foundational principle of Taoism, the concept of Sheshung. Now, that is my best uh, my best pronunciation, so I could be butchering that, but it is a Chinese phrase called Shi Sheng, and this is a principle of balance. Now, Shi Sheng means mutual arising or inseparability. Moving forward, I'm going to stick with mutual arising as our main definition here. So Shi Sheng, this principle of balance that means mutual arising. It suggests that nothing exists independently. It means that things in the world are all connected and can't exist without their opposites. Like you can't have tallness without shortness to compare it to, or good without evil, life without death, feminine without masculine, dryness without wetness, etc. You get the picture. Everything in the world exists in relation to its opposite, and these opposites are interdependent. 
Therefore, they arise together. It's not like a linear cause and effect relationship, but rather like a dynamic interplay between opposing forces. Again, let's consider the bees and the flowers. Seemingly opposing forces in nature or random forces in nature, right? But without one, the other cannot exist. If you take away the flowers, you're not going to find any bees. And if you take away tall, there's no such thing as short. You get me? We can only experience things in terms of their polarity. Sheisheng, the concept of mutual arising, is central to Taoism. Sheisheng is a principle of balance. Things only exist because of their relationship with other things. When we understand and apply the principle of mutual arising in our lives, we can start to see ourselves as part of a larger whole. Now, this concept is represented in the symbol of the yin-yang. Yin-yang is a Taoist symbol, and it looks like a circle that's been split in half, with one side being black and the other side being white. And in the middle of each half, there's a little dot of the opposite color. The black side of the circle is called yin, which stands for darkness or night, rest, winter, you know, some qualities that fit into that category while the white side of the circle is called yang, which stands for lightness, day, activity, summer and spring, you know, other qualities of that nature. This symbol represents the complementary and interconnected nature of all things in the universe. Yin and yang are opposites, but complementary energies that exist in everything, and they cannot exist without each other. But the really cool thing about the yin-yang symbol is that the curves that separate the black and white sides, they're not straight lines. They're wiggly and flowing, like bending into each other almost. And this is because yin and yang are always changing. They're never in a fixed position. In this way, ultimately, the concept of yin-yang emphasizes the importance of seeing the interconnectedness of all things in this world and understanding that nothing exists in isolation, even you. Now, this is a more cyclical way of thinking, and that challenges us, most of us, I'd say the majority of us who live and think more linearly. Now, when we think about the world and how things happen, we often use the idea of cause and effect, and we can attribute this to many things. I'll name just a few. I mean, for one, Western societies have been heavily influenced by Christian and Hebrew ideologies. Now, these ideologies really emphasize linear progress and a linear view of history. There's a beginning with creation and an ending with the apocalypse. You know, we know this well. The idea of linear time is even linked to the belief in a linear progression of morality, where our lives are seen as like this big journey of progress toward a final judgment or ultimate redemption. Um, cause and effect was also reinforced by Sir Isaac Newton with classical physics. So these are just some high-level pointers, indicators as to maybe why we've evolved to think in a more linear way. But in the 20th century, new scientific findings have totally challenged cause and effect. Um, quantum physics sees everything in the universe as connected. You know, there are no absolute positions and this new idea aligns really well with the Taoist concept of interdependence and the inseparability of opposites, Sheisheng, as we just discussed. But here's the really fun thing about interconnectedness. The concept of interconnectedness suggests that everything in the universe is connected and that nothing can exist on its own. And this includes human beings 
who are not separate from the universe, but are an integral part of it. According to Taoism, there is no such thing as a completely independent, self-sufficient individual. Instead, individuals are viewed as inseparable from the world around them, and their actions and experiences are influenced by the larger systems and networks in which they exist. Thus, the idea of interconnectedness implies that individuals are not separate from the universe, but rather intimately connected to it. Some individuals perceive the universe as something that is separate from them, as if it were a collection of external objects that must be controlled and dominated. Taoists, though, have a different view of the universe. They see it as an extension of themselves and inseparable from their being. Lao Tzu once wrote, Without leaving my house... I know the whole universe. You and the universe are not separate. Knowing this, wouldn't you say it would be wise to strive to understand it, to flow with it instead of a fight against it? The Taoist way is the art of flowing with life. This is more like sailing a ship than fighting a battle. It's much more about cleverness, navigation, working with the elements of nature, instead of using all muscle and brute force. When we understand the forces of the universe, we can align our actions with them rather than resist them and aim to live more harmoniously with the world around us. And this brings me to the final principle I want to cover today. Taoism, at its core, is a set of teachings on how to flow with life, how to flow with the Tao, not fight against it. This alignment, this flow state, is a state which can be achieved through the practice of Wu Wei. I have an entire episode and meditation on Wu Wei. So if you want to deep dive, go check it out because we're not going to do that here. As a high level summary though, Wu Wei is one of my favorite spiritual concepts and it can be translated as non-action or effortless action. Wu Wei is essentially the art of knowing when to act and when to let things happen naturally. It's a state of non-forcing. As Alan Watts put it, Wu Wei means always acting in accord with the pattern of things as they exist. Now, this does not mean inaction. You're not sitting around doing nothing. Um, Instead, you're finding the most effective and effortless way to move through life. It's really about acting in a way that is natural and spontaneous, flowing with the rhythms of the universe rather than fighting against them. I want to close out by running a really clear line through these Taoist principles, these concepts that we talked about today. Taoists believe that the Tao, or the natural way, the force of the universe, is a self-regulating and self-organizing order. The Tao operates according to its own inherent principles and rhythms, and it is not something that can be controlled or manipulated by human beings. Taoists believe that by aligning oneself with the Tao and following its natural flow, one can achieve harmony, balance, and peace. This involves acting in a way that is natural and spontaneous, rather than trying to impose one's own will or control over situations. This harmony that Taoists talk about It's backed by a profound trust. The depth of our understanding of interconnectedness reinforces this trust. When you see the systems at play, when you observe interconnectedness and interdependence operating as they would without human intervention, you can witness the self-regulating nature of this force. 
the concept of Wu Wei is a central tenant to Taoist practice. Wu Wei is often translated as effortless action. It refers to the idea of taking action that is in accordance with the natural flow of the Tao without trying to force or manipulate things. In practical terms, Wu Wei means that one should work with nature and not against it. For example, a surfer doesn't try to control the waves. They use their skill, their training and experience to navigate the water and find the best path. A gardener doesn't work against the environment. They allow their plants to grow at their own pace with natural elements like sunlight, water, and soil. They're following the way of nature. They're aligning themselves with the Tao. Trust is a central theme in Taoism, but I'd go farther to say it's beyond trust. It's more like a knowing. It's not a belief. It's pure faith in the natural processes of the world and in one's own ability to navigate the present moment. The illusion of control can be alluring and make us feel better than the unknown or familiar, but it's not sustainable or even pleasant way to live life. Everything is connected. You're not alone. You are part of a great system, a greater order. Alan Watts once said, the only way to make the unknown known is to believe it. Faith is a state of openness or trust. To have faith is like when you trust yourself to the water. You don't grab hold of the water when you swim because if you do, you'll become stiff and tight in the water and you'll sink. Instead, you relax and float. When you trust the natural processes of the world and your ability to handle whatever comes up in the present moment, you're living a spontaneous life that is engaged with the present and open to adapting to the unexpected. This means that sometimes things may not go as expected and you may even be disappointed sometimes, but by embracing the tides of life and going with the flow, you remain willing to be pleasantly surprised by how quickly good things can turn into bad things and bad things can turn into good things. The tides of life are always swirling. And when you trust them, you're better equipped to navigate them and find joy in the journey. Why would you want to get pulled around by the tides when you can learn how to surf the waves? As usual, I really invite you and encourage you to take these concepts and contemplate them. You know, if I had to boil it down, I'd say interconnectedness. Think of the opposites and how they depend on one another. And think of Wu Wei. Think of how we can not force, how we can move with nature in different parts of our lives. Go out, collaborate with the Tao, or don't, whichever feels less forced. Um, and if you're interested, I do have a guided contemplation focused just on the concept of Wu Wei. So go check it out. I think it's episode three. Um, if you want to practice some contemplation on Wu Wei. But that's all I have for today. I really hope you enjoyed Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, until next time, stay curious.